All right, so just over this last term, um, kind of at around about the beginning of September, I became aware of, of Caroline Leaf's new book. Um, it's called Think, Learn, Succeed. And uh, I've been spending some time working through this book and the revelation that God has given Dr. Caroline Leaf through her studies. This woman is, she's a cognitive neuroscientist. She studied the brain for decades, so she has some understanding, and she even admitted that she only has some understanding of how the brain works, and that we're learning more and more every day. She's impacted thousands of people through her practice and through the revelations that God has given her. She's a strong Christian, and I believe that God has used her to bring this revelation into the church. So during the last, the last preaching series around the temple, the temple reflections, there were a number of things that kind of really stuck with me, really triggered me from Gary's preaching, and it directly correlated with the material of Dr. Caroline Leaf's her book that I had been reading. And basically, she shows us what happens in our bodies when we hear the word and we put things into practice in our lives. So this morning, I trust that what I have to bring, you'll get a fresh revelation that something would sink deep into your spirit, just in terms of how wonderfully God has designed us, our bodies, and how we actually, our bodies are transformed and changed based on our, the choices that we make. So today we're going to look at a little bit of scripture, or maybe a, a, quite a bit. We're going to have a bit of a biology lesson, and we're going to look at some of the concepts um, that, that come through the book. I'm actually just going to put that down. It's in the way. <laughs> So in the book, um, she starts out by describing, in essence, how amazing our bodies are. And she's coined this term, I think she coined the term, wired for love. That literally, our bodies are made to respond through love. And what actually happens in our bodies um, when we respond with love. So she looks at our thoughts. She looks at our thinking. She looks at how our thoughts build mindsets. And together, how all of these things basically mix together and form emotions. How literally quantum energy moves around our brains, chemicals move around our brains and our bodies that respond either positively or negatively, depending on, on our thoughts and our, our mindsets. And very importantly, how it is possible that we can work on and develop new thoughts and we have the ability to relearn things that we decide we actually want to learn. It is possible to renew our minds, literally. But before we go into the mindsets, I want to go through a couple of scriptures that God showed, showed me in preparing for this time, just to remind ourselves about what love is. So I'm going to be reading some passages from the, the Passion Translation. You're welcome to follow me. But if you want, I would encourage you to close your eyes and just let the words wash over your spirit. So 
So the first and probably the most important thing that we can take away about love is that God is love. As, as it is described in 1 John, in 1 John 4. But then there's that great passage of scripture from, from 1 Corinthians 13. The great chapter of love. Where it says, If I were to speak with the eloquence of earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I did not express myself with love, my words would be reduced to a hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. If I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed an unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but I never learned to love, then I am nothing. If I were to be so generous as to give everything away I owned to feed the poor, to offer my body to be burnt as a martyr, without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements, nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honestly and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which one day fall silent. Love remains long after the words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I spoke about childish matters. I saw things like a child and I reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now. But one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are these three that remain, faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. In Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5, it says, But God loved us with such a great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Romans 5, verse 5 and verse 8 say, God's love has been poured into our hearts 
through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then from 1 John verse 4, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us, that he sent his one and only Son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So, if we were to look across the entire scripture and just see what scripture says about love, about God's love, we would be able to conclude that God's love for us is steadfast and unchanging, that it comforts us, that it is revealed to us through Christ Jesus, and that it is poured into us by the Holy Spirit. Love, God's love compels us to love one another. So kicking off from that point about love and coming back to what Dr. Caroline Leaf says in her book. So she describes our thinking. She goes into a fair bit of detail for English that most of us would understand <laughs> around the qu literal quantum energy, energy that is moving and chemicals that are moving around in our brain. She talks about our, how we have an ability to actually control our thinking, our thoughts. And they're not, our thinking and thoughts are not just something that happens. We actually get to control those. Our thoughts develop into patterns and mindsets. We have an ability to change our thinking and ultimately to change our mindsets. And then she also describes how physiologically our thinking actually impacts our brain and resulting into our bodies as well. So our thoughts do one of two things. Either they positively and healthily build our bodies and brains, or our thinking can cause negativity and toxicity to develop inside our brains and our bodies. At this point, I've just been reminded of the preach that Richard did some time ago around words and that words matter, and that words have matter. And here, from a neurological scientific perspective, Caroline Leaf articulates that actually this is true in the forms of energy moving around, in the forms of chemicals that move around in our bodies. So in her book, she outlines 15 mindsets that we, that we have or operate from, and four of which are more specifically demonstrate the concept of how our bodies are wired for love. 
And that's where I'm going to focus on this morning. I think the interesting thing is that this is a lot of her material is done through scientific research that has happened for decades. And yet, as Gary pointed out this morning in the prayer meeting, science is actually only catching up to what the Bible has already been telling us for thousands of years. And many scriptures will come to mind to you as I go through and I talk about these four areas in particular. One of the things that's almost a departure point for me going into that is the scripture from 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3, particularly the end part, but I'll read the whole scripture to you. So it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And this for me is the clincher. And we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. For me, this, the scripture articulates one of the key things that come, key messages that comes through the book around our choice. We actually have the choice around our thoughts. So we have the choice to actually take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So the four areas that I'm going to look at, she talks about the controlled emotion mindset, the forgiveness mindset, the happiness mindset, and the community mindset. And again, just to reiterate, the important thing about these, these mindsets is that we may not have the, mind, the right mindset, the correct mindset, Christ's mindset on these issues. But the great part is that through correct thinking, we can adjust and modify the thinking patterns in our minds, the mindsets that we have, which is a great hope. So as we go, allow the Holy Spirit to identify anything in you that triggers. So the controlled emotion mindset. So our emotions don't just happen. They're literally made. They they are the energy and chemicals moving around our brains in response to thinking and our mindsets, often through some form of external stimuli, through our relationships, interactions with people. We always have the choice in terms of how we respond. I remember a long time ago, Daddy Daniel always, I think he had the 10-second rule. So if something happens, you had 10 seconds to react, but then you need to be you need, to be, you need to get over it. You actually need to put the, the processes in place to get over it. But some of the warning signs for us when we have a poorly controlled emotions is that we experience irritability, short temper. We overreact. <laughs> we get anxious. We experience fear. We may be impulsive for some. Desire for control, perfectionism, and self-doubt. I'm sure for many of us, we could probably tick many of those boxes, as I certainly can. But there's always a choice. 
So what is the choice? We, we're effectively, we've got two paths that we can choose. The one is either we can go down the road of expressing our emotion, but in a healthy way, or we can choose to deny it and repress it. So now, if we choose the negative path by repressing and denying our emotions, what's actually happening in our brains is that we are literally blocking the pathway of the movement of energy through the brains and the chemicals that, that are supposed to move through our brains. So good, good energy and chemicals stop flowing, cause our bodies to literally dull, and ultimately to stop feeling. This creates a conflict in the brain because the brain knows on the one side that I should be feeling something, but on the other side, I'm actually not feeling anything. And Caroline Leaf goes as far as to say that we, we cause physical damage to our brains when we do this. And many of us have probably experienced that moment when somebody did something really small and minor, and then you've completely lost the plot and flipped in that moment. And that is often what happens when you go through those moments of having your emotions suppressed and, and not actually dealing with them in a healthy way. So if we choose to deal with them in a healthy way, what actually ha happens? So some fancy words, which Nikki would probably understand, <laughs> is that we've got these neuropeptides in our brain. The energy that moves around the healthy path is firstly to acknowledge that emotion. Secondly, to name the emotion. And thirdly, to reframe it. To be able to change a negative emotion into a positive. Sure, it sounds easy, but it's worth doing and it's worth practicing and worth developing. Because in that way, we're able to deal with the negative emotions as they arise, the 10-second rule, and then to basically reframe it and move on and actually not allow the blockages to develop in the brain that, that actually physically develop. And this ties directly into the whole series that we did around emotionally healthy spirituality, that stuff about going below the surface to see what's there and to deal with it. The forgiveness mindset. So for me, this was just absolutely amazing. So we can have negative emotions, such as hate, anger, resentment, bitterness, regret, shame, guilt. These are all attached to toxic thoughts and mindsets in our brain. And these things can literally hold the brain in what she calls basically a vice grip. Holding on to pain and negative emotion physically impacts us and directly interferes with our success in life. And this is where forgiveness comes in. Forgiveness has been seen to literally change the structure of the brain, the physical structure of the brain. There's something that is called the anterior superior temporal sulcus, 
or the ASTS <laughs> for short, <laughs> the ATS. This, this part of the brain literally grows when you forgive. It literally increases in gray matter when you forgive. Science has shown that the larger the ASTS is in the brain, the easier it is to forgive. So, by almost concluding on that, the more you forgive, the easier it becomes to forgive others for significant issues. In. And it reminds me of Jesus' words about how many times should I forgive? So, forgiveness releases the body from the bondage of these toxic chemicals. It is a great sign of love and courage. The happiness mindset. She describes the happiness mindset as an inner satisfaction, a joy from living a meaningful life by focusing on the positive, being a person of gratitude and thankfulness and being connected with others, really important. She says, Happy, the happiness mindset is experienced the most when you belong and know why you are alive. And I'm sure that will stimulate a few scriptures in the back of your mind. The brain works better when you choose to feel happy despite the challenges you face. Many studies have, sh have shown that simply to put or even force a smile on your face changes the brain's response in that moment. Happiness is a mindset, keeps you functional and moving forward. Groups of people with the strongest social connection are the happiest, or tend to be the happiest. Our bodies respond positively, releasing the amazing drug called dopamine, which is in us, when we become active, participating, serving, giving members in a community. Linked to happiness as well. It is often said, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> Shams agrees with me. <laughs> And that there are literally therapies that are built around getting people to laugh. Very closely linked with happiness is the community mindset. We're built for community, for relationship. We all need community. And a positive community mindset and connection has been directly linked with mental health and cognitive resilience, reduced chronic pain, lower blood pressure, and improved cardiovascular health. We've probably all heard, at some point, the studies about isolation, that isolation is fatal for newborns. Babies will literally die if they're put into isolation, or complete isolation. The studies also show that isolation is a significant cause in premature death across all age groups. 
And it's well known that isolation is a form of torture and punishment. Isn't it ironic that in this world of connectiveness that we have today, this global economy, this global world, always on, that we live in a world which is suffering from a loneliness epidemic where we are experiencing the highest levels of depression and suicide that has been experienced before in the past. So we're created to be part of real loving communities. When we build our mindsets to prioritize community, to invest in getting involved, to serve, to support each other in a loving way, it not only increases our happiness through the dopamine response, but it also has been seen to improve or increase the body's ability to heal itself. We are designed to reach out and to support each other. When we are giving and supporting each other in a learning environment, it also increases our own ability to learn. So serving in a community is, is, a, is a significant matter. And Gary articulated a couple of weeks ago in his preach during the temple series about serving. It's worth listening to again. And serving is part of our worship. And it must come from the right heart. You can't serve without love. You can't serve God without love. So in those four areas, she goes into a bit more detail than I have, but she articulates really well about how literally our bodies are wired for love. When we are, when we are thinking correctly, we're building the right mindsets, we're interacting with people, what it physiologically does to our body. We were made by a God who is love. To be loved by him, to love him with our entire being, and to love others. In Matthew 22, it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. So when we obey God's command to love, to love him, to love others, we receive an incredible gift literally within our bodies. Our bodies respond to our thoughts. They create our mindsets. And we have the ability to change them. Love is a choice. Our thoughts are a choice. Ultimately, our mindsets towards our emotions, our happiness, our forgiveness, our community, are an individual choice. We can relearn where these mindsets are not as God intended them to be. I believe we are so much more powerful and in control than we think.
It does take work and it does take effort, but we are. When our foundation is God and Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, and we build our lives on Him and we are filled with the Spirit, we position ourselves to make the most positive, loving, and powerful choices for our lives. One of the the fruits of the Spirit that we don't often talk about is the fruit of self-control. And in a sense, as Christians, we have an unfair advantage with having the Holy Spirit live in us and to allow this fruit to develop. This is our ability to choose. This is our free will and the incredible gift of God that he has given to every human being. So what must we do? We must guard our hearts. We need to take captive every thought working with the Holy Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Literally, it's not just a figurative concept. We literally have the ability to rebuild neural pathways that radically change our thinking and align our design with the person that God created us to be. We are sons and daughters of God God Almighty, of heaven and earth. He is the creator. He is the ruler of all. He is the king of kings. He is our father. God's desire is to see us mature, to be his mature sons and daughters on this planet, to live our lives like Jesus did, to walk out our lives with the authority that he has given us through the Holy Spirit. It is time to shake off the things that hinder us, the thoughts, the mindsets that are holding us back, either from captivity through strongholds or from infancy and not growing. To hear his word to us and to believe it in our hearts and then to act on it. This is what faith is. So let us hear God's word. Let us believe in God's word. And let us act on it. And then our lives will be transformed. And the world will be transformed through God's by God's works through us.